This episode of the Chapter Next podcast is being brought to you by our title sponsor, Pump 5 Fuel Delivery Service, recorded and produced by our friends at Podcast Town. Pump 5 delivers quality car service directly to our members' cars. Do you hate going to the gas station? Our specially trained service providers will bring the gas directly to your car. Do you have no time to have your car detailed? Do you need tire services? Our members use our app to have our service providers bring their skills directly to their cars wherever their car is parked. So how does your morning look? Do you have to take the kids to school? Do you have to get up at ungodly hours to go to work? Are you desperately missing those last 20 minutes of sleep because you know you told yourself the night before that you had to go to the gas station? Well, our members enjoy a life where they can just get up, walk outside, get into their freshly cleaned, full tank cars, and go about their day. We want you to be able to enjoy that too. So be sure to check our website at www.pump5, that's P-U-M-P-F-I-V-E dot com. Welcome to the Chapter Next podcast. I am Talithia Thompson. I'm a mom, a grandma, a serial entrepreneur, and right now I'm just doing my best to make this next chapter of my life the best chapter of my life on purpose. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chapter Next podcast again. This is your host, Talithia Thompson, and I am here yet again with the opportunity to celebrate another fantastic, phenomenal woman. And y'all will see exactly why when we get started. Today's guest is Alice Martin. I kind of rolled up on her on Facebook. <laughs> we were um, sharing in a group. We were both in the Live Richard group by uh, Tiffany Alicia. And I had mentioned that I had a podcast for women over 40 that were pretty much living the life they had. And it's not like they hated it. You know, it was the life that we built because that's what we do. In your 20s and your 30s, you work to build your life to look as awesome as you wanted to. And at some point, you start to dream again. And I found that to be at around in my 40s when I got to be about 42 or 43. And I found once I started talking to other women that that's exactly the same thing that happened to them. So today we'll get to talk to Alice a little bit more. And she'll share her story with us. From what she shared with me on Facebook, she's um, 42 and she has a master's in healthcare administration, y'all. But she has decided that she's going to go back to school because she wants to retire from that field and she wants to try something else. So let me introduce you all to Alice Martin. So Alice, if you'd like to tell us all, tell our listeners a little bit more about you and just kind of introduce yourself. Tell us what you do now, how you got started doing that, and then kind of where you are as far as in your plans to do something else. Absolutely. So thank you for having me on your show. Number one, I think that this is awesome that you have created a platform for us ladies to get together and celebrate each other moving through chapters in our lives. And I don't think we get to do that as much when we get into our 40s. So thank you for being able to do that. So I'm 42, just recently had a birthday, actually on Monday was my birthday. And I've been in healthcare for probably about seven years. I started out working as a child care worker and it worked out great for me. I have four daughters at the time I had three and it allowed me to go to school, to have them in school and then still have an opportunity to get paid while I was doing that. But I knew I needed a career. So I started looking at something that maybe has some transferable skills from the childcare world into the healthcare world. And I found a lot of things were just compatible. It involved a lot of being person-centered, being able to help people solve problems, coming up with lesson plans or just plans in general. So I found a lot of that to be very transferable. And my first 
job I had in healthcare was a marketing and admissions coordinator for long-term care. I did that for about six years. And last year I was able to get my healthcare administrator license. Um, it was a goal of mine to get that probably about seven years ago, but I needed to kind of learn other aspects of the field before I became the administrator. I just thought that was being responsible, not just jumping straight to the top, but learning what you do and learning more about your craft before you get in that position. So last year, you know what happened last year? COVID slapped us all around. And as a new administrator, it was very challenging to kind of be in that world during this time. I'm a very person-focused leader, servant, and I like to I like to utilize stewardship in everything that I do and that I have. And a lot of what I was seeing with this COVID, it was a lot of bureaucracy. It was a lot of gaslighting. I hate to say it, but people that were dying of regular ailments that they had prior to COVID, they were being classified as COVID deaths. So I kind of saw the game that was being played. And I had to make a decision. Alice, are you a part of this game? Do you want to play this game to be successful? Or is this beyond what you're willing to do? And after some soul searching, it was beyond what I was willing to do. My company, I was working as an executive director, making good money. And my company kind of came down on me probably about March and said, hey, we're going to need you to get that vaccine. Well, I already had COVID. And so I didn't feel that it was a necessity to get the vaccine because I had the antibodies. They weren't feeling that. And so I had to separate from that company. And I kind of prepared myself back in March for a transition started looking at some things, taking some correspondence, healthcare courses, fitness instructing and personal training, did a lot of research and soul searching and just found, you know what? I want to be a practitioner. I want to be a part of wellness. A lot of long-term care is focused on illness and various stages of illness. And that's how you make your money. That's how you secure more heads in the bed, so to speak, the sicker, the better. And I just wanted to shift my energy. I didn't want to be successful at that, if that makes sense. So I recently enrolled in courses in, based out of Chicago, Pacific College, and I'll be taking my doctorate in acupuncture. And I feel that this kind of speaks to me. It's traditional medicine. I'm going to be studying um, herbs as well as acupuncture, and it'll allow me the opportunity to be an autonomous, self-sufficient practitioner, focusing on what I believe in. And I love that. With your bad self. <laughs> like, I love everything about that. Just, and it's not surprising. You know what I mean? When you hear about like us as women, like Black women, but just even women. But I feel like we kind of look at what we've got going on and we make a plan to do what's next. And it's almost made right down to the minute when you're done. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You were like working in childcare. You decided you wanted to go to healthcare. You started actually preparing for that. And then, you worked in the industry for years and the, the move to become a practitioner is, is just invaluable in our community. Like, I think you're exactly right. Like nobody is talking about focusing on wellness. And like you said, the whole healthcare industry is in response to sicknesses. And it's not even a response that is always with like natural medicine or the body or any type yeah. of like natural healing that our bodies can do. It's not even in mind. It's based on what, yeah. what costs most. <laughs> And all kinds of other like political issues that are kind of scary when you consider the fact that when people get sick, they really don't have a lot of options as to where to go. So I know they don't. So I love it. Not only I think it's a great move for you, but I think it's a great move for the community. 
well, how many women are thriving and doing a, black women are thriving and doing a great job in acupuncture? So do it. I'm so excited. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. For real. That's awesome. And, and so you said you were, while you were working, you could tell that people that had normal sicknesses that as they were passing, that the administration was classifying them as COVID deaths. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of what made you change your mind. I kind of saw the, the writing was on the wall, so to speak. You can kind of see when, if you're a person that's sort of an empath and you can feel what's going on, I could sense that this is not going away. It's going to be a part of our lives and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And the way that I could see that was particularly in the long-term care industry are federally regulated. So we have a lot of obligations for compliance, things that are necessary just for compliance. So the state is heavily involved in a lot of our day-to-day operations. We have surveys quite frequently. And during this COVID period, it became necessary to isolate the residents from one another. I was a new administrator working at a behavioral facility. I had to create these zip walls to isolate the red unit, which would be active COVID cases, from the yellow and the green. Yellow being someone that is unknown status, green being someone that has a known non-COVID status. So for me to do that in a behavioral environment was very challenging. But in addition to that, I could kind of see how things were going. We were first thought to be heroes. We're the healthcare workers. We're frontline. We're there. And then the the attitude started shifting towards, okay, now we want to, we want you guys to get these vaccines. We really haven't tested them. We really don't know how effective they are, but we're going to tell you how effective they are. And first, we're going to start with your residents. So the resident population was vaccinated and some of them were really willing to do it. Some of them, you know, you had to coach them a little bit. Then it came down to the point where, okay, now we want your staff to do it. And what do you think will incentivize them to get this done? And so the state was heavily involved. I received several calls from the state kind of asking questions that I thought were unusual and had nothing to do with compliance, just kind of getting an idea of, hey, how can we approach this thing? What do you think your staff, how would they react if we showed up there and set up a booth and started administering COVID vaccines? And I was very honest. I said, well, you know, there aren't many things that the state is involved in to help better our health in general. So to push for this vaccine, that might seem a bit alarming, considering the fact that we just had a huge push for the vaccines within the facility. We had three months that we spent trying to get these uh, staff members and residents vaccinated. I probably had about five people interested out of my staff of 80 that were interested in getting a vaccine. So it was something that they really just did not want. And so the state reps weren't taking this and they were kind of like pressing on me, wanting to know more about how to, how to change their mind. You know, I really didn't have any answers for that because we were incentivizing them, giving them money. We were putting their names in drawings. They just weren't having it. And so that just gave me a greater sense of what's going on. It just, it kind of let me know, Alice, you don't want any parts of this. This is not something that is going to allow for a lot of the freedom that you believe in. It's not going to allow for the expression that you believe in. It's not going to allow for the person-focused care that you believe in. And it's just really getting to a point where it's a lot of bureaucracy. So in addition to that, the healthcare in general is kind of shifting and, and changing. So what's necessary to be successful in healthcare is not always what's best for those clients or those family members or the staff. And 
I just decided that I wasn't going to be a part of that. I care too much about people to do that. Right. So how did you decide on acupuncture? Okay. So acupuncture is a non-pharmacological way of treating pain that spoke to my spirit in high volumes. It's a tried and true ancient practice. And so that also definitely speaks to who I am. I like things that have been tried and they are beneficial and doing no harm. So I did a lot of research in various practices that I could get involved in. And I was first considering naturopathy. And then I thought about osteopathy. Those are great professions too. They just really weren't what I was looking for. And so I did some research on acupuncture and just kind of looking at practices and how they're set up. And as a business model, it would allow me the freedom that I needed and also the opportunity to make the the money that I want to make. So it just kind of was a no-brainer for me. It, it really spoke to who I am as a person. All right. I love it. And all while helping. Like the money's better, the time is better, and you still might, I mean, it's still a significant improvement. Like it's still a significant resource for your patients. So that's a great idea. Good for you. What was your career goals in your young adult year? So when you were about like 18, 19, just leaving high school, what were you planning to do? Like, what were things that you were like dreaming about that you just wished you could do? So actually, when I was a young person, what I really dreamed of doing was being an evangelist and being in the ministry. My mom was evangelist and she was a phenomenal, she still is phenomenal, but she was definitely powerful and phenomenal when I was a child. And I just loved seeing her minister to people and seeing the change that was brought about in their lives. I'd love to see her pray for people and sing and just, oh my gosh, she was just so powerful. I loved it. And so when I was, I guess, young and rebellious, you know how we get, I was a pastor's daughter and I decided, well, I'm not going to, that life is kind of boring. I'm not going to do that. And I got with my, my children's dad, my ex-husband, and he was a number of years older than me. So I was very influential. He wanted a nurse for a wife. So I was going to school for nursing and I got probably about my third year of nursing and realized that that was not for me. I didn't want to be a nurse and it just wasn't for me. It was way too much sensory overload. I couldn't take all of the the smells and the sounds and just everything. So I really had to figure out, well, what do you want to do? You have all these credits and you have all the science that you've taken. What do you want to do with it? And so started searching around and I was pregnant at that time with my second daughter. This was about 2006. And I was sitting in the lobby and there was an article that said the happiest professions and it listed nursing home administrator. So I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. So then I started looking into it and lo and behold, my credits transferred and I was able to get right into a program. And that's where I started, you know, that those studies. You know, and the reason I love that is because I think a lot of times people will get started on something and you get so far and you start looking at the money that you've spent. You start looking at the time and all the credits. And I think it's just easy for people to just kind of feel like they stuck. You know what I mean? Like, okay, what am I going to do now? I've gotten this far. I've made this money and they don't want to challenge it. And I love that. It seems to me like at every point for you, once you got to the point where you were done, the whole idea of just being stuck was not a part of your plan. And I love it because <laughs> I feel like that's something more women need to hear. You know what I mean? Especially like once you get to like 40 and you're comfortable and your money is doing what you need it to. And your life, it looks close enough to what you need that it's working for you. You know what I mean? Your basic needs are being met, but it still doesn't feed you. It still doesn't make you happy. 
And that's what I loved about your story. It just seemed like the, the change that you made going from being an administrator to, okay, I'm going to do this next thing. I'm going back to school now so I can become, and at the time, I didn't even know it was acupuncture, but it was something that you had to have been a move that was on purpose. So tell us a little bit more about that. How did that feel once you kind of were thinking about what to do and then decided on acupuncture? So, I mean, oh my God, it felt so good. It felt so natural to number one, take back my time and the energy that I was spending as an executive director of the long-term care organization, take back that energy and invest it in me and truly looking at what I wanted to do and searching how I could be an asset and provide a service. Because I think that's very important. I have a servant's heart and I love to provide service. And I love to make sure that people are taken care of. And so it felt amazing that this was an entry-level practitioner program where, you know, I could function in the capacity of a doctor, doctor of acupuncture, but allow me to have an independent practice. And that's what I really, really, really wanted. That's one of the things that being an executive director kind of showed me that I, I really want, I want a team that I can build that's strong and that we're all confident in what we do. And we each bring an element to the table that is what the people need. And so, I don't know, it felt really good to be able to, to go back and, and not give up hope. I mean, as the regulations change more and more, I don't know if you guys are aware or not, but the guidelines have shifted so that the reimbursements for nursing homes and for long-term care organizations is attached to the vaccine. So if you don't have your staff vaccinated, that's going to affect your reimbursement. And it's a lot of elements that, as an administrator, they're out of your control, but they affect your productivity, they affect your reputation, they affect your ability to be sustainable as a leader. A lot of what my company kind of wanted me to do, I just didn't agree with it. And at the end of the day, it's my license on the line. They take a fine, but I take a negative mark on my license, and that affects my ability to move into other areas. And I thought, if I can't be responsible to do things that I know are right to do, then this is not for me. And it was a tough decision. I mean, I went away from making a six-figure income to now I'm not making any money right now. I'm just kind of in school and looking to kind of expand on some of the side hustles that I'm working on. So I love that you are a person that really supports the side hustle and you're good at the side hustle, <laughs> <laughs> but you have your time. 150% support side hustles because that's the only way to get what you need done unless somebody somewhere is funding your dream, which that doesn't tend to happen. So absolutely. So tell us more, what are your side hustles? What are you doing to uh, kind of supplement your income while you're in school? Sure. So currently I am Reiki certified. My mother and I have gone into a Reiki business where we are providing holistic healing through metaphysical touch or no touch. It's just intentional based and it's a new kind of practice, but it's an old practice in an, right. in the same way. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's really phenomenal. And so we're growing that practice. I'm also taking courses on uh, doula and lactation consulting. So because those are awesome ways to make money, too. And they're really, really beneficial. I don't know if you've ever had a doula or a lactation consultant, but they are the difference between you feeling empowered as a mom, a new mom or feeling overwhelmed. Right. Going to the hospital so, will lose the control of everything. <laughs> because once you get there, it's all there. It's all there. Absolutely. So that's the foundation of where we're starting. Our business is called Peace of You Healing. And it's just a way that we can 
give back, stay afloat, and I can finish my dreams and kind of expand on that practice. I love it. First off, we definitely need more Black doulas. We just do. I don't think the Black community hears enough about other options. And just the whole idea of like somebody other than the doctor. (laughs) You know what I mean? Than the doctor that you're seeing who's making money off of whatever you get diagnosed with. Like just the idea of having somebody else there to kind of give you other options and to empower you. That's priceless. So I think, and that's a great step to take in like on the way to like become the doctor in acupuncture. So you'll be able to kind of combine those two once you finish, huh? Is that the plan? Absolutely. That's the plan. So we'll keep the business name and just offer those additional services once the courses are complete. I love it. Very good. And so then have you ever like, when you decided to leave, did you get the whole, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? Why are you leaving that job from people? Or did the folks in your space respect you enough to know that, no, this is what I'm doing next. And then they were supportive. Like, how did that go for you? So it wasn't my choice to leave, actually. It was the company wanted to separate from me because I would not, I wouldn't do what they wanted me to do, to be honest. And so I kind of, I already knew it once, like I said, we had that conversation in March. I knew that this was going to change and I needed to prepare myself. So when it came the time where they were like, hey, we're going to separate from you and this is that, I was able to collect unemployment because it was no fault of my own. I mean, they just didn't want me to, to be there anymore because I wouldn't take the vaccine. And so during that time, which I was thankful for, there was the pandemic assistance and all the kind of benefits that you could get there. So those benefits have really been helpful to me. It was difficult. I'm used to being the breadwinner. I'm used to being the person that makes the most money. I had just recently gotten married and my spouse at the time, well, my boyfriend, he later became married, but he was used to me making the money. My daughter's in college. I mean, I had all these obligations and it wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to do. But when the most high gives you an urging and lets you know the writing's on the wall and it's time to transition, you're either going to transition because you want to or you're going to transition because you have to. And so I had to be uncomfortable. The most high had to make me uncomfortable. I had just built the management team that I was kind of wanting to see where this team was going to go. And as a leader, it was difficult for me to leave. I knew I needed to leave, but it was difficult for me to leave. Even though I was enrolled in courses, they were starting in September. I knew that there was no way I was going to be able to stay there and do the courses based in Chicago. I just, I wasn't ready to leave. So I had to be made to leave. So when I got pushed out of it, it forced me to look at other areas of my life and what I wanted to do. So I had initially been given this idea of doing a family practice involving my sisters and my mother, because I have two sisters and my mother, and we were going to do a family practice. And I kind of talked to them about it, but they were like, yeah, we have jobs and we have OBS, you know, jobs and OBS. So they didn't want to do it. But then my mom, she was very receptive. And so that's where it kind of, I got that necessary energy I needed to move forward with my dreams. So she's over the moon. My mom's an old school mom. She feels like you don't ever have to sacrifice yourself for no job. What's wrong with you? Yes, mom. I love her. (laughs) She would be like, quit. She would be like, she told me several times, Alice, you better quit that job. They're going to try to give you that vaccine. I said, well, mom, I'm not going to quit. She would say, listen, you better quit. She just wanted me to get out of that so bad. And I, I'm not a quitter. I wasn't going to quit. That's my personality. I, just, I wasn't going to quit. Absolutely. And so I had to be made to leave. Right. And that's usually how it goes. So let's talk about that for a minute. Because I think that's something else a lot of the listeners 
feel like. It's like, I've gotten this far. I can't just quit. You know what I mean? But at some point, you have to walk away from what doesn't serve yeah. you. Like, you have to. And like you yes. said, if you don't decide to move on your own, I tell you, life will make you. <laughs> you will look around and all kinds of circumstances that you thought you were in control of will remind you that that you really aren't in control of anything at all. <laughs> yes. God will move you yes. right along in the direction he's been telling you to go all, the, all along. Absolutely. And so when I transitioned from being a marketer, and I was taking my administrator training to become an administrator. I didn't get a lot of support. And I know as Black women, we don't get a lot of support. But it was time to move from that area. And I had done very well as a marketer. I mean, extremely well. I was able to exceed company expectations quarter after quarter for two years. It was amazing. They would set the bar higher. I would just keep going. I would just keep meeting that bar. And so I became hungry for that. And my job was a bonus-based job. So the higher, the better I performed, the more money I would receive. And I was receiving the highest bonuses out of my company. I mean, it was amazing. No, but I knew it was time to We really are spectacular beings. We are. <laughs> but I'm not surprised we, about that. We don't give ourselves enough credit because we, we don't know how to properly look at our success. We compare it to the next person. We compare it to this person. It has nothing to do with that. Just like Simone Biles, she's on her own. Like, there is no comparison. They don't even know how to rate that child when she does things because other people can't do it. <laughs> like, they was like, no, we like, can't give you all those points because nobody else will try. It's too dangerous for us to try that. Absolutely. And so when I was transitioning from that, my administrator, I thought she was helping me, but really she was not. She was telling me to go here and there and she was kind of having side conversations. And I found out later, she was giving me negative reviews. She was saying, she was giving me negative references because she wanted me to stay there as that marketer because it made her look good. So if I had bonuses, you can imagine what her bonuses looked like. They were even better. So she wanted to keep me there. And I decided I'm not staying there. And I was, I was kind of at a roadblock because she had a lot of connections in town. It's a small town. And I had to go outside of her connections to make a connect. So I reached back to an old company that I had worked for. And I found the, the CEO's email. And I sent them a message letting them know, hey, I know you. I've worked with you before. This is me now. I'm an administrator. I'm just looking for an opportunity. And he gave me an opportunity, which I was ever so grateful for. But at the end of the day, I needed to be at that level of function to realize that wasn't me. And sometimes you have to reach that goal to realize it was just a goal. That's all it was. It's not who you are. Absolutely. And something else that I think is important in that is just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to do. Like you may be killing it. You may have set your plans and went about achieving these different things and did them spectacularly, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's where you're supposed to be or that's what will feed you. I don't think people always realize that. Like, I think it's like, well, how can I be this good at this and not be meant to do it? I'm very good at sales, but I don't like it. <laughs> like, it's not something that feeds my spirit or makes me want to get up and go to work. You know what I mean? So. That matters. And something else I'd like to get back to, one, yes, you should absolutely celebrate yourself. Everything you just said was awesome. You know she was trying to keep you Thanks. there because you was getting, if you was getting bonuses, like you said, imagine what she was getting. But, oh, yeah. But we don't always do a good job of, like, checking in and, like, celebrating ourselves when we do well. It's like, and I don't know how you think, so maybe, I mean, you can share too, but my thing is, oftentimes for me, it's like I have a goal 
And once I get to that goal, it's like, great, I'm just focused on the next thing. I don't even always stop to be like, okay, wait, that was pretty awesome. You know, you know what I mean? So how did that work for you? All right. So at this time, we'd like to give a special shout out to our title sponsor, Pump 5 Fuel Delivery Service for delivering quality car service directly to our members. Our members don't go to the gas station. Our members don't have to worry about taking their car to have it detailed and leaving it there all day. And our members also don't have to worry about having to plan a special trip in their busy lives just to go and have their tires taken care of. They use our company app to schedule all those services at their convenience and our specially trained providers will bring those services directly to their car. We deliver gas on site, we provide tire service on site, and we also provide auto detailing at our members' convenience. So how does your life look? Do you have any extra time specifically to set aside for anything extra that also includes having your car taken care of? Our Pump 5 members don't, and they don't have to. So be sure to look into Pump 5. That's www.pump5.com. That's P-U-M-P-F-I-V-E.com. So our service providers can deliver our services directly to your car. Pump 5 was recorded and produced by our friends at Podcast Town. That is www.podcasttown.com. Be sure to check them out for all your podcasting needs. Thank you very much. I'm just like you. I also did not stop to say, hey, that's great. You know, I graduated, I got my master's degree, and then I moved on to making more money and doing the marketing thing. And then I was doing great at this company and exceeding company expectations. I mean, we went from the, so there was 200 facilities. We were number 200. We went from 200 to about 50 in the company, which was great in two years. That was just great. And so I didn't really stop on and ponder on it too long. I just said, well, that's a part of what we do. And so I made a lot of connections and I did a lot of things that were just great for the organization. It wasn't until I became an administrator and the marketer who was in my former job came to my building to meet me. And I thought, well, this is odd because the company I worked for, I had a regional manager and she just absolutely hated me. And she thought everything I did was horrible. The only thing she loved was my numbers. Mm. And so she couldn't argue with the numbers. She keep you around. Right. So this lady came and she's like, Hey, I I need to meet you. And I'm like, okay, well, you've met me. What's going on? Oh, the company raves about you. They just love you. And they just thought you did this great job. And mind you, I never heard that when I was there. So I thought it was odd. And she was asking her, well, how did you do that? And what were your methods? And how and was she was trying to get some insight. <laughs> She's like, trying to get some insight. Uh-huh. And I didn't even think anything of it. You know, I shared with her a little bit of information, but at that point, I'm not in that world anymore. And the world of marketing changes, as you know, it changes. So the methods that I use may not work for you. And so that was that. And I just kind of brushed that off and helped her out and moved on. That's kind of how we moved. So even in my executive director role, I've had a lot of my former uh, co-workers and leaders reach out to me and ask me questions and need advice for things. That made me feel stronger in my services and what I do. And having my own practice, I want to build those partnerships that I've been able to build, but I want to keep them. I don't want them based on a company or being a company representative. I want to represent my company. So I know my brand as a person is valuable. And that I didn't realize that until I was able to have time to reflect on kind of my work history and what I've been doing and having these people reach out to me, you know, it's really reassuring. I bet it is. And 
that's not not even a little reassuring. Like she found you. <laughs> it was like, uh, can we talk? I got some questions. And she <laughs> and she had questions. And it's funny because I think one of the things that's important about that is to keep in mind that you have to celebrate yourself. <laughs> like those folks, they will yes. they will say whatever they want behind your back when you're not around. It's almost like telling you you rock and, and celebrating you while you are there in certain situations, not all situations, obviously, but especially I've definitely had jobs where you hear about how good the job people thought you did after you left. But while you were there, it felt like you was fighting tooth and nail for every ounce of space you needed to do your job well. It's like, wait, what they like? Yes. Like, what you mean they liked me? I, I sure didn't feel any liking when I left. Right. <laughs> and the funny part was the regional who had such distaste for me, she sent her. And said, hey, you need to go find Alice because she can give you some pointers here. And I thought, oh, for real? We go yeah. <laughs> It was horrible. I mean, this lady was telling me, you need to go by the manual. You need to use the manual. And I never used the manual because it was outdated. Those marketing techniques were from the 90s. We're talking about the 2000s. We're talking about social media era. And they were prior to the company having a social media presence and also have the ability to advertise on TV. So we, it was a totally different world when those manuals were created. Well, so this lady comes back to me and she tells me, yeah, she told me to just throw away all the manuals that they were no good. The whole time she's telling me I needed to use them. I thought, oh, man, I tell you, these companies, there's something else. But you have to, the only thing that has sustained me through my transitioning was always working unto the Lord. I never work unto people, if that makes sense. So when I do things, I don't do them for recognition from a person. Can a person even recognize you? They don't see you. They don't see your sacrifices. They don't see what you are truly bringing to the table. They're looking for their bottom line results. They're looking for you to follow a formula and get them their results. Only the most high knows what it takes to get there. The most high knows when you're sacrificing not being there for family, when you're sacrificing missing out on other opportunities to be there for that company. So I never worked for a person. I always work for the most high and I've always been rewarded in the sense that I'll get information. You know, people think about rewards in terms of monetary goods. That's not always the case. Sometimes you get valuable information, valuable contacts. You have doors open for you. Opportunities that weren't there now have become available. You know, I was talking about my practice and right now we're closing on a piece of land. It just happens to be a piece of land that's next to a piece of land that I've already purchased. The city owns the land and purchasing land from the city is very lucrative, very inexpensive. I'm spending about $600 for a plot of land that I spent $5,000 for. So those are the types of doors that open for you. I was just on the phone before we spoke with the city planner planning out, okay, how are we going to do this? Because I need to have my structure built. So just getting valuable information and just being at the right place at the right time. So whenever I work until the most high I've always been rewarded with doors opening, windows opening, even a crack under the door opening, just places where you didn't see an opportunity. They are there. That's exactly it. And then you get so far and you're like, okay, Lord, now what? (laughs) It's like, you get get as far as your efforts will get you. You get your, your efforts and your knowledge. And then it's like, okay, now what? And the next step always appears. The next resource, the next person, the next relationship, it always happens. So that's exactly true. And that's another thing that I think is interesting is I think that's something else I didn't learn until about my 40s. 
Just the whole idea of like, people will compliment you. They will have a lot of real positive things to say. They will. And then on the other hand, they'll have a lot of very negative things to say. And none of it can matter, really. <laughs> like, like, either right. way, you can't make any steps or any decisions or any, like, you can't even, like, take it to heart, really, based on anything that's coming from other people. Because overall, they're getting to know themselves, too. Like, they haven't really figured out where they're going or what they have coming and going. And so you can't get it from them. And I like the fact that I do. I feel like at some point, it's like you have to mature into the knowledge that, okay, what I need emotionally can't come from them. It can't come from people. It can't come from what they say or what they see or how they feel about it. Because they, when it comes down to it, they really are just people. It's like we all are just down here trying to figure this thing out. Like even your boss that sent that lady to talk to you, all she knew when you were there is that you weren't doing it in whatever way she deemed right. That's all right. she knew. Right. <laughs> like even though the old ways weren't working, that didn't matter. <laughs> it, just, it just wasn't right. It wasn't according to this book that somebody wrote way back when. It doesn't work for anybody anymore. That is so true. And I find that, see, I live in Indiana and it's a little different in Indiana than other places. There's a lot of microaggressions in the workplace just based off of, I hate to say it, but black girl magic, just being there and your presence and owning your space and not asking permission to exist. It offends a lot of people. And so she wanted me to follow the book because she felt that I was, whatever I was doing, it wasn't by the book, even though it was getting results. You need to be going by the book. That was her mindset. And I didn't agree with her. And it's not so much just her race, because she was a white lady, but it's not so much about that, because my administrator at that time was also a white lady, and she didn't feel that way at all. It was just this particular lady, she had this against me, and she didn't want to see me in my element at all, and it bothered her. You know, I went out with her a couple of times because she wanted to see, what are you doing? I need to see your marketing style, and I need to see what you're doing. And I told her, you're welcome to come. So I invited her to a few spots where I was doing some marketing interactions and she wanted to critique those interactions and tell me how to better do them. And I explained to her, these are my relationships and I know these people personally, you just met them today. So if you'll excuse me, I'll continue to do what I've been doing because it's been working for her. So if you want to do something totally different, please tell that to somebody else. Because right now, this is what works over here. And it bothered her to know that I had that confidence to let her know, I'm not going to do that, honey. I'm sorry. And that's kind of the attitude that I've had to have to stay grounded and true to who I am. So like even now with my six figure job that separated from me, I've had jobs pursue me after that. You sure? Yeah. And, well, because they know what I bring to the table and they also know that I will stand on what I believe. And so it came up again. Hey, are you going to get that COVID vaccine? Well, that's something that I strongly believe, I don't believe in. And my beliefs are my beliefs. And I believe that our bodies are made to heal. And I believe that our bodies are made, if it's time for us to go, it's time for us to go. That's my belief. And it's a strong spiritual belief. And so I'm not willing to waver on that. And they were dangling that carrot and they had a great offer. And it was at a building that I wanted to be a part of. But I'm not willing to compromise that. I'm not. This is my health. Anything can happen. And I'm not willing to gamble. And so... It's kind of been a common theme in my life that I've had to take those stands and say, I'm not willing to gamble on this. You have to know what you know. Right. And, and that's another thing. It's funny. It's almost like they have this attitude of who do you think you are? You know what I mean? But the only time yeah. people think that is when you are doing something above their expectations of what you need to be doing. So it's like there's not even room for you to answer them because they wouldn't understand the answer either. 
all they're working on is their own limited beliefs of whatever you can or, or shouldn't be doing. And here you are doing something awesomely outside of it. And the fact that she wanted to come and help you with it when it was clear that she was out of her element, she was there to learn. Like, when are you going to like, you what you mean? You're going to critique me? I had to do this. I thought I was showing you what was happening. So it doesn't end. And the whole microaggressions thing, I just, I would be very interested in seeing if that ever goes away in our lifetime. I have faith in this next generation. These kids, they may have started out eating Tide Pies, but they, since then, have started telling their parents off and fighting back and (laughs) protesting. I don't know. They got that crate challenge going on. They, but those are not young kids doing that. If you look at those oh. people doing that crate challenge, they are not young. They are folks that should know better. <laughs> you should know better than to have your mature tail on all the crates. But to each yourself, you can oh, eat crates if you want. If you look, those aren't like, those aren't kids. Those aren't like those 20, 30-year-olds. Those folks is right, I'd say yeah, like yeah. in mid-30s to like low 40s. They are not, <laughs> they are not young. That's true. You're right. You are so right about that. I do believe that this generation is definitely shifting the ball and I'm so proud of them. Like one thing that I've seen being an administrator, a lot of our young healthcare workers, they're not willing to compromise their health. They're not willing to compromise their work-life balance. So there's been a shift from working for an organization and working through the agency, working through like the home health agencies or through like staffing agencies. And a lot of the young ladies, they found that that's where the power is. They can decide their schedules. They can decide their wages. They can decide their days off. They can work as much or as little as they want to. If they're having a vacation that they want to take, they can pick up and work so many shifts and then take some days off. And so the young people are switching up the narrative as it relates to healthcare workers. I'm so in love with it. I am so proud of them. It hurt me dearly because I didn't have enough staff I was always kind of staffing challenge, but when I heard the young ladies and I kind of talked to them through the agency, because sometimes you want to recruit these young ladies, they work so hard, but they're like, no way, I'm not giving up my flexibility to work for your organization. And a lot of these agencies are offering them insurance. So we really don't have that traditional package that we used to be able to kind of dangle in their face. Like, Hey, we can give you insurance days off and you know, here's your schedule. Uh-uh, no, not so. Some of them are so enterprising that they do like vacation work where they may take an agency job in Florida and the company may say, hey, we're going to pay your hotel. We're going to, because they're so desperate for staff, we're going to pay your hotel, all your expenses. Yeah. They're going to make this way. Bonuses. They're like, what? Yeah. So they're out there. And we were giving out bonuses left and right. But so they have switched it. So the young people, they're not like how we are wanting to build with the company, which actually, I, that was never my goal. I saw my mother-in-law do that. And I saw that it just did not pay out for her. She stayed with a company for over 40 years. And when it came time for her to retire, there was not that golden umbrella that they used to give you. They let her down pretty hard. So I decided that was not going to be my life. But these young people, they're even different from that. Like we think about building a career. We think about having stability. We think about wanting to plant roots somewhere to grow. These young people are like, listen, I'm Johnny Appleseed. Right. I'm planting my seed right. wherever I go. I'm the seed. <laughs> like, right, exactly. For real. And they, the truth is they're right. That's why it's working. You know what I mean? They watched us. They watched their parents go through all this mess with corporate America and corporate America pretty much just abandoned you. And there's no stability yeah. there. They don't want, they ain't trying to have mortgages. 
Like, it's really nope. smart. It's like, no, I'm going to save my money instead, and I'm going to invest <laughs> in this Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off, but a lot of them are also doing the, the like, tiny homes, or they're living in, like, these RVs. They're converting these vans. They want to travel. They don't want to be stuck with a mortgage and stuck in one place. Right? And the beauty in that is that you still have everything you need. You still have financial security that you need, and you can still build the life that you feel good about, which ultimately, if you think about it, one of the big complaints people have as they're working through corporate America is their job. Like, it wasn't like, I don't feel like the focus was ever find a job that feeds you. You know what I mean? When I was younger. And even when I was like younger, younger, when I was in school, I wanted to be a lawyer. And then I realized how much I read. And I was like, okay, I want to publish books for a living. And even then, even like working through corporate America for that, and then like changing my mind along the way, it was like, none of this stuff fit. So you sit in this cubicle or you go to this place and you sit there with all these people that you don't yes. all day, people that you wouldn't even be around if you didn't work with them. You know what I mean? Even, oh my God. I love that you said that because that kind of made me reflect on idea. When I first started looking to work a job, I never wanted a job that didn't serve me. So I spent a lot of years working in childcare because that job served me. I was able to be a before and after school care teacher. I was able to bring my children to work with me. I didn't have to pay for childcare. I was able to earn a wage, still go to school because I would be the before and after school teacher. So I'm there in the morning. I had the middle of the day all to myself. I would take classes and then I would come back in the evening, pick the kids up from school, stay there till about six, seven o'clock to the parents, pick the children up. And now I'm at home with my children. So I had the balance that I needed so that I wasn't feeling like I'm spending too much time away from my girls. But then I was also still reaching my goal of going to school and then I was still working. So I always wanted to have a job that served me. When I became a marketer, oh my gosh, I had so much flexibility in my day. I could just start my day in the community if I wanted to. I had time to go pick my children up and do all the things that I needed. So I knew moving into being an executive director, I was giving up the flexibility. And that was one of the things that really was hardest for me. That was the hardest for me to actually be in a place from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And sometimes I wouldn't even get out. You know, I, I didn't even get to see the sun. You know, by the time I got home, it was it was night. That part was challenging for me. And it was a sacrifice, a huge sacrifice I made, even with, oh my gosh, so last year with COVID and everything going on, my children were homeschooled. My daughter did terrible in school because I wasn't able to be there. Having a role as an executive director of long-term care, that's like another baby. You have to be so attentive. And I was neglectful of my daughter's education. I wasn't able to make sure that she was getting the support she needed to be successful. And a lot of it was very difficult for her at home. And even though I had my spouse there, he didn't know what to do with it. The way that the children are learning now is different from what he learned. You are so, not Even the math is different. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So she didn't do well. And I said, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. I understand I, I'm giving up a lot of money to not go back in that profession. But honey, I done retired. I can't go back to that. And that's exactly it. Because I don't know, for me, when I was younger, I felt like the money was the answer. And then you get in this position where you kind of work towards something and now you have it. And you realize, okay, no, this ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna work now. I would like to implore you or to suggest that you not feel bad about how things went for her in school. Because a lot of kids just weren't made for homeschool, first off. And second of all, 
the whole world went through it at the same time. Yeah. So it wasn't like all the other kids were at school thriving and she was just at home messing up. She will be fine. Like in the yeah. in the grand scheme of things, three, four years from now, she'll be talking about it. She'll be like, man, I didn't do well there that year, <laughs> but I sure slept a lot or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's not like, it won't stop her. You know what I mean? It was it really right. was just one year. So she'll be fine. Let that go. And I know how it feels as a mom when you're like, okay, I want to be at home. My kids are at home yep. and she needs me and I want to be at home with her. And I respect that too. I actually applaud the fact that that led to you being like, no, I really do need to make some changes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and doing what you need to make the changes, but she'll be fine. She will. Years from now, they'll look back on it and laugh and you'll wish it didn't happen anymore. And she'll be talking to some other kids about it at college because they all will still thrive. They'll be just fine. <laughs> right, right, right. They'll all be laughing about it. But I do want to say this. One of the things that allowed me to be able to make that decision was when I changed my salary, I never changed my living. So I had already had my house. I had my vehicles paid for. I only had money to stack and save for the future. So I was able to purchase the land that I wanted. I was able to pay for my daughter to go to college. I never changed my living at all. So some people, when they make those six-figure incomes, they're getting nice new cars. They're wanting to buy a new house. They're wanting to get things on credit. I never did that. I always kept my living expenses the same level as when I was making $37,000 a year. I kept them the same level. So nothing about that changed. And I was able to easily transition back into a lifestyle that didn't cost a lot because I didn't make a lot of expenses for myself. I love it. So then did you save? Did you invest? How did you do that? That's beautiful. I don't believe I would have done that. So good for you. <laughs> I just saved. I'm still living off the money I saved. I didn't change my living expenses. I didn't change anything. You know, a lot of people are pushing me. You need to get a new car, honey. You're an executive director now. You can't be driving that old Mercedes. Yes, I'm you. driving my old Mercedes. Right. Until it stopped working. I don't know with y'all. <laughs> Listen, and guess what? I'm going to take it to the repair shop. Right. Look, if it needs it, absolutely. Whatever. Forget the people. <laughs> forget forget their plans on what you need to be buying with your newly found money. That's hilarious. When is your new practice opening? How long do you have to go until you're done with school? So we have the second lot of land that we are closing on. It will be on September 25th. Then from there, we are having a, either a module. I'm looking at a couple options. Either having a module. We do live in Amish country, so we may have a structure built. It just depends on the cost of the kit that we can get. But we just need a small structure to get started. Kind of weighing that out between getting a a rental. My mom really wants to get a rental and just, you know, have an office space. I'm against that because we are a new practice and I think we need to cut our expenses as much as possible. But, you know, we're, we're throwing that back and forth. And then school, I just started school. It starts in September. September 7th is our first day of school. And it is a three-year program. <laughs> it's a three-year program. So I'm on a three-year journey. Watch, the three years will pass in no time. In no time. You'll be looking around and it'll be gone and you'll be finished and getting to work. You know, my mom always said the time gonna pass anyway, whether you're in school or not. So you might as well get what you want. I like your mama. I do. Tell her we said hi. She can be the mom of the podcast. We like her. (laughs) I would tell her that. (laughs) She would love that. I would tell her that. She is inspiring to me too. She has her own show. She calls herself Slamming Granny. She plays the hits on 95.7 uh, WELT. And then she also, all my life, has had a, a public access channel show. So she has a show, Use It or Lose It. It's a talent show. 
I love it. See, we may have to have her on the podcast too. <laughs> Sounds like you that. would. Oh, you would love having my mom on the podcast. And she's so interesting. She just got married to a young man in Africa. She's 40 years older than this man, but he's totally in love with her. Look here. Go, mama. You will not catch mama. a hint of judgment over here. I'm for it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. I love it. See, uh, talk to your mom. Tell her I'm knocking on her tree. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll let her know. She definitely will do it. We have to talk to her next. I'm in. I am. So um, to wrap things up, do you have any final thoughts for things that you would want to share? Because I know for you, like things were a little different. Like you knew you had to move and you actually started making moves to move, but then life helped you to move. Like what would you say to you, I guess that two years ago or three years ago when it was clear that you probably needed to get moving in response to whatever like, hangups you may have had or reasons that you had to talk yourself into it? Like, what would you have needed to hear to kind of encourage you to keep going? So one thing I would say is reach your goals. And then when you get to the apex of your goals, look around you and see where else you want to go. Never settle. And then secondly, live within your means. Save your money, honey, because you never know when the rain is going to come. A lot of people are into this Gucci and glitter lifestyle. Don't do that. Don't do that. Lastly, do what serves you best. It's all about spiritual evolution on this journey. It's not about serving a job. It's not about making money. It's about evolving as a person. And to be your higher self, you have to ask the hard questions and make some of the hard decisions. That is exactly true. Good for you. Oh, I like it. Read your goals. Serve yourself. I love it. And the whole idea of reading your goals and living according to those. Like you have those goals on purpose. Asking yourself, okay, does this serve what I'm working toward? And doing what fits next for that. I like it. Good for you. Another thing that we tend to focus on here or ask about is we as women, self-care is not always our strength. I don't know if that's the case for you. (laughs) What do you do for self-care when like your life is crazy and you just need to shut it all down and recoup and pull yourself together? What do you do? Oh, man. So I've recently started combining my praise with my workout. I'm a big cardio person. I love to work out, but I've combined my praise with my workout. So it's like I give it back to God. All the energy that God gives to me to do what I do, I give it right back to God. And that has charged my battery up. So in the morning, I look forward to my workout because I know me and God about to get down. We about to have a good time. <laughs> so what do you do to work out? I have a home gym. I do cardio on my treadmill. I have an exercise program that I'm working on developing to bring to market. So I can't wait to share that. But that's, you it's, are just, not it's, it's kind of a baby phase. That's why I was thinking you said you, praise, you do praise oh. with your workout. I'm like, hold up. But tell me more about that. So I'm glad to hear you've got a program coming. You said you want to hold on to that one for a little while. I will hold on to it. And if you ever have me back, I will definitely share it because it's in the making. I am working on getting my ideal trademark so that I can bring it to market. So I utilize that system with my cardio. I use weights and I'm giving it all to God. And I think about the ancestors. And a lot of times when the exercise gets hard, I'm like, listen, how much cotton did your grandmama have to pick? You better work. How far did she walk across the land with babies and being quiet to get here for you? I love it. Yes, I love it. Tell me how far did she work? You better work. So I get in there and I work for the most high. I do it in the spirit of my ancestors. And I do that thing. I'd be so excited. I love it. So you exercise for self-care. That's wonderful. So how do you relax? So I like to read. I like to do a lot of reading. And I like to do a lot of research. That's common to me. So I just do a lot of reading and research. And then I spend time with the family. I love spending time with the family. And that's about it. I'm not a person that does too much. I'm very simple. 
Those are fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Those are awesome answers. So good. In fact, it's funny because I asked a, when I first got it started, I asked that question to a couple of women and they were stumped. They were like, I don't know. And a couple of women were like, you know what? I don't think I've been doing anything. And so but I wanted to be sure to make that a part of the podcast so our listeners can hear that. Okay, one, you can be awesome. Two, you can be killing it and going after your life and building your goals, but you better take care of yourself. <laughs> because yeah. this here body of ours, we need it more than it needs us. <laughs> So you better, yeah. you better work that out. Your health is your wealth. You are not kidding. The only other thing I was thinking of sharing with you, especially with you and your mom launching your practice, is you may want to look into, um, have you heard of Rachel Rogers? She's, no. Um, I just found her probably a month ago and I started listening to her podcast too. It's Rachel is the traditional way, but Rogers is R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Oh, it's, um, her podcast is Hello 7. So if you get a okay. chance, look her up and listen, I have been, she's like a little younger, but just, Full of knowledge. And she retired from being a full-time corporate attorney to helping women to build and scale their businesses. So that may be something where you get some value. I know I have been. I'm okay. over her. I'm at the point now where I'm working my way through her podcast and, and getting the information I need for her little her um, the different classes and courses that she offers. So maybe that's something that'll help you, maybe not. That is it. I don't have any more questions. Before we sign out, did you have anything that you wanted to add or, or offer to the listeners? No, I just want to make sure that everybody knows your health is your true wealth. And all you're getting, make sure you get your health in order. That is, ooh, preach for real. That's a good one. And we're going to end it on that because that is perfect. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being a guest. We will definitely stay in touch. I want to hear more about how your studies are going. So we'll be sure to check in. And I want to hear more about your practice when it's time for it to open. Maybe we can do an on-site visit, come and take some selfies. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Yes, yes, that would be great. I'm definitely going to send you an invite and I will keep you posted. Thank you. Thank you very much. And be sure to join. I'm working on it now, getting myself a group on Facebook. The more I talk to women, the more I'm like, we need to keep in touch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes. You need a group. I'm you gonna need a group. I'm going to do it before the day's over. Before the day okay. ends, I'm going to do it. And then I'll be sure to <laughs> Okay, well, that is all. So thank you very much for sharing all your knowledge and your wisdom with our guests. And that is it. That's all I got. All right. So thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. So that is all for today. I know on the last episode, I did mention that we would do Let's Brainstorm It, right? That's our first new segment that we'll be adding. And for today's Brainstorm It, Let's Brainstorm It, I'm going to go first. I haven't gotten any letters yet since I just introduced the segment. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I was listening to, I don't know if you guys have heard of her, Rachel Rogers. She has an awesome podcast. It's called Hello 7. It's funny because she's super encouraging, very resourceful lady. She used to be an attorney. Now she launched a consulting business and she has some other things as well. But what rocks for her is one of the episodes that I was listening to was episode 13. She was interviewing Rachel Cargill. What I love about it is, one, she don't hold back nothing. The sister, <laughs> you know exactly how she feels about the topics that she's talking about. But the lady that she was interviewing, Rachel Cargill, She's an activist. And so she was talking about how she is known for being an activist for like feminism. And she talks about how she learned how she could capitalize on her space as an activist. But she was talking about how she pretty much went. She did this speech talking about white feminism and politics and how it all goes together. And after she did this, Rachel Cargill, she she did this lecture she made about $10,000 and she said her first hire was a business manager. So my question to you, the thing that I would like for us all to benefit from is one, 
What's a business manager? <laughs> so I'd like to hear your, like, your input on what a business manager is. If you have one for your business, do you think that's something that someone who is building a personal brand should have? And just tell me a little bit more about what y'all think of that. So that's our first Let's Brainstorm It. I'll talk about it a little more next time and I'll look for this chat and this conversation to happen a little bit more on Facebook and whatever input y'all have on Instagram. Feel free to send in any things that you want us to be able to talk over and brainstorm here on the Chapter Next podcast to our email. We can be reached at thrive at thechapternextpodcast.com. So send in whatever suggestions you have there. We can also be found on Facebook, like I said, and Instagram. If you're interested in a more focused conversation with me, you can also find me on Clarity. So that's C-L-A-R-I-T-Y dot F-M, where we can have a one-on-one conversation and hash out whatever situations you may want to talk about. If you're looking for like input on starting a business or anything with kids or whatever, keeping in mind, I am not a licensed professional. <laughs> so whatever information or suggestions I give to you, they're coming from a place of genuine concern and a genuine attempt to be able to help and uh, to give you resources and tips on things that I see that would work. But they're not coming from a place as a licensed professional. So do your research and figure that out on your own. <laughs> but also, it's also, I tend to have really good suggestions. So reach out in that way as well, y'all. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in being a guest on the Chapter Next podcast, feel free to let us know. We love talking to people. We love celebrating women. We would love to be able to share it with the rest of the Chapter Next podcast community, whomever that person is and whatever they're doing to be able to give back to themselves and to go after living the life that they want to live. So thank you very much, y'all. That is pretty much it. I would like to thank you for joining me on the Chapter Next podcast. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Take care. Have a good day. Hello, ladies. So if you'll remember one of the earlier episodes when I was sharing my experience with just transitioning from working full time for someone else and starting my own business as a business owner, one of the things that I was doing was I was a serial entrepreneur, meaning I was delivering just about everything. I was delivering people, packages, food, all kinds of stuff. But one of the experiences that stuck out to me the most was I was a driver for Lyft. I was an independent contractor for them. And I was also an independent contractor for DoorDash. And the reason I'm mentioning this to you is because I know one of the concerns people that are transitioning have is I just don't have enough money. I can't pay for this or I don't have any extra money in my world to do whatever this other thing is. And so I would like to encourage you to consider Lyft or DoorDash as a side hustle or just something to do on the side. So I'm going to post a link in the show notes. I know right now there's always different promotions that they're having. Right now, if you start driving in my area, you can get up to an $800 bonus for being a Lyft driver. Or if you want to deliver for DoorDash, they offer bonuses as well. So I'm going to include the links for both of those options in the show notes. Feel free to go and look them over, review them, and see if that's something that's interesting to you. If you decide to do it, great. Tell them to leave the you. if you decide not to and that, that those things are not for you. Just do a little more research and see what different gigs or different like side jobs that you could do for a little extra money or to free up a little more time that may be available to you. So thank y'all again for listening. I am Talithia Thompson, a mom, a grandma, a serial entrepreneur, just doing my best to make this next chapter of my life the best chapter of my life on purpose.